All right, well, welcome everybody to the Blah Valve podcast. We're your hosts, Alex and Tucker. And this week, we're going to talk about the Spanish Grand Prix that happened today. And then we also wanted to touch on um, kind of an interesting uh, new car debut that that um, Tucker got a little bit, got to think a little bit more about than, than I think he planned yeah. on. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so this week was the Spanish, Spanish Grand Prix uh, at uh, Catalonia. And it's, it's kind of an interesting track because it's where a lot of the preseason testing happens, so the teams know it really well. But qualifying, uh, I'll just touch on briefly, because there were some notable results, uh, both the Haases finished in yeah, they did great. Top ten, they did really, really well. Mick Schumacher was in his first, um, uh, you know, P, uh, you know, third tier of qualifying. Um, so exciting for him. Uh, but it was kind of the usual suspects at the top. Charles Leclerc finished on pole with Max uh, Verstappen second, Carlos Sainz third, um, George Russell and and Lewis Hamilton in fourth and sixth. So the Mercedes were looking good. They had just gotten a big upgrade package. Yeah, they did. Um, so they were expecting, you know, hopefully better performance than it seemed to be the case uh, in qualifying. Um, unfortunately, the Aston Martins also got a big upgrade package. <laughs> they, <laughs> they, they were out in Q1. <laughs> so, yeah, downgrade package? Not imp- <laughs> yeah, not impressive. Must have got their packages confused. Yeah, they got them confused. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So uh, that was kind of how we started the race. And uh, right out the gate, um, Max and, and Charles both got away well. Charles got away a little bit better and got the lead. Um but there was kind of some first, I don't know if it was technically first lap, I forget, but some very early drama with um, uh, with Kevin Magnuson and Lewis Hamilton having a little collision yeah. um, that, uh, that damaged Lewis's car, damaged Kevin Magnuson's car a, a bit as well. Um, sent him out into the gravel. Sent him into the gravel, right. Um, and I, and I and, think when we, we, we you know watch that it really just kind of looked like a racing incident i mean i know yeah. there was chatter on the microphones yeah uh, the radio but yeah but i i think in kind of looking at it it's like it, you know it's a crazy first lap it's amazing mm-hmm. that doesn't happen more often so i think yeah. just bad luck yeah i agree um you know it looked like lewis was going through the corner in an appropriate line kevin magnuson was turning in a little bit trying you know trying to to hold his line and they just had it coming together um mm-hmm. so uh but it it resulted in lewis actually having to pit early and get new tires which put him down at like 19th or 20th really one of the stories of the race was him fighting uh to come back from that and and he did actually come back all the way to fifth in the end yeah um, so yeah, really it's impressive, impressive. Perform. Which, what was interesting was that when he was in nineteenth, he actually was on the radio telling the team, "Hey, I hate to say this, but we should try and save the engine," which meant let's retire, give up on mm-hmm. today, save the engine for you know because they have a they have a I think two engines that they can use in a given season before they have to take a penalty uh, and uh, results in losing multiple spots on the grid. Uh, if they have to use a third engine. So that's kind of what he was implying was, you know, hey, I don't think we're going to get points out of this race. Let's save the engine and just retire Mm -hmm. my car. And then he ends up coming in fifth. Like, you know, what a comeback. Um, (laughs) Yeah, very impressive. And I think it 
you know, uh, I, I don't remember who, I think it was Christian Horner said at some point, I, I expect they're going to get these cars sorted. Right. Maybe by mid season, they'll be back mm-hmm. in the, the running. And but it, it looks certainly like looks the, like, yeah. Yeah. It looks like this upgrade package, you know, I mentioned to you, we, we were able to watch the race together in person. And I mentioned to you, one thing I noticed on the straightaways was I, I don't know exactly what their package was, if it was software upgrade, aero upgrade, what exactly they did, but I didn't notice as much porpoising of the car. Yeah. And so, you know, that was one of the huge issues they were having. And and if they figured out their aero a little bit, that could be a huge thing for, for both George and Lewis. Uh, yeah. So that, that was pretty exciting to, to see that maybe, Hey, they're back in contention with Red Bull and Ferrari. You know, and uh, George really had a great defensive play. Oh, he uh, keeping yeah. Max at bay. <laughs> yeah. That was insane. <laughs> yeah, at one point George was leading the race because Max had pitted, Sergio had pitted, and Lewis uh, and George was leading, and um, it was very, uh, it was obvious that the Red Bull had more pace, but yes. George did a phenomenal job, particularly. Yeah. Was it coming off the main straight? Max made a pass, and then George passed the yeah. turn and and kind of got back inside him. Like that was a great move. Um, yeah, and and there was uh, for for Max, you know, kind of shenanigans with the DRS not triggering, um, which I think both of us had a little bit of a chuckle. Oh he yeah, came, he came out on the radio, and they were like, "So you just need to hit the button." Yeah, like, and he's like, "I've hit the effing button fifty times." Yeah, yeah. yeah <laughs> so was, because one of the DRS ones activated, but in the on the main straight, it wasn't activating. I think he might have been clicking away, and they were they were like, "You are actually closing it or something." To yeah, act like it, so. So only hit it once when you're right. off the curb or something. I don't off know. The curbing, yeah, I think they <laughs> thought that the when he. He was activating when he got on the curbing, and I think they thought that the vibration like, from the curbing was causing it to like shut again. Didn't, didn't it? Didn't it seem though like at some point that finally did improve? Like it seemed yeah. like he got it open. Um, I, I don't know. At some he got point, it open a couple so, times. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he got it open a couple times on the straight, but it, it was really funny. I, you know, any any like funny little misfortune that happens to the Red Bulls makes me chuckle. Yeah, uh, and uh, a couple of them had. I don't remember specifically what turn number it was, but a couple of 14, them had some they just really 14. dicey uh, turns there because of I think yeah. wind gusts kind of grabbing the rear end of these. Yeah, Car- Carlos um, signs went off. And and we thought, and he just lost the rear, and it was like, well, that looked a little weird. And I think in, um, yeah. I think in practice, I think Charles might have gone off there too. But, anyways, mm. you actually called this because then Max did the exact same thing in the exact same corner, and you're like, I wonder if there's like a wind or something. And it turned out there yeah. was a tailwind in that going into that corner. And yeah. presumably you're losing, not only losing downforce on the rear wing with a tailwind, but you're also potentially maybe generating some lift, like you said. Yeah. So maybe that was causing the rear end to act a little squirrely. It just shows how sensitive these cars are because of how how important the aerodynamics are to their ability to function and get around the track. Yeah. I mean, a few times going into that cor- corner, you saw people's back end starting to swing out. George, and- when he was really pushing it, also had yeah. that. 
mm-hmm. you know, and most of the time it seemed like they could save it. But a couple of times, like at least in Max's case, he kind of counter steered, but right. just kept sliding right into that yeah. gravel. And yeah. uh, poor, uh, you know, poor Carlos, I mean, he's had a date with gravel traps yeah at least half of the races (laughs) yeah and that had to be really tough because obviously this is home grand prix he wants to do well um (laughs) that's like usually when humans like fail this is all the all the pressure gets put on yeah that's when you grab the bed you know (laughs) yeah yeah It it was tough so so anyway so charles at this point charles about halfway through the race is well out in front he had already got a big enough lead over Max yeah, to, to hit. hit and not lose position. Yeah, like, like a free, yeah, you know, free pit. And he's going, 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 and then all of a sudden, then, he then Red Bull luck, luck strikes. The Red Bull luck struck, <laughs> and he just lost power, and inexplicably. Uh his power unit failed and uh, he had to retire from the race. Yeah. That's when you uh, hear box box. Yeah. Like, oh, box, that's box. not good. <laughs> uh, and so, so he retired, he was a DNF, um, which left Max and Sergio fighting with, that was when George, uh, had yeah, to lead. That's true, yeah. So it left Max and Sergio fighting for position and they were on different strategies. So Max was on a three stop strategy. Sergio was on a one stop strategy. And there was a little bit of drama because at one point, uh, George was in front, Max was yeah. second, and yep, and they and they had been battling for probably they had been battling. five or six laps, so their right. tires were starting to get worn down. Sergio was coming up on, caught up to them after pitting, was oh, on fresh, fresh tires, and and said, you know, let me through. I can like tell Max, to let me through. I can get through quickly, um, without really costing him pace. You know. His, mm-hmm. And they basically didn't let him <laughs> yeah. after earlier in the race after he had let Max through before already. Yeah. But uh, yeah, he's, you, you could even tell like at the end of the race, you know, he kind of kept frustrated. mentioning like, Hey, you know, great team effort. I'm really yeah. happy, I'm happy for, for the, the team. team. Mm-hmm. But then he was like on the radio, he's like, we're going to talk about this later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. He, I think, I think he, that said it all actually <laughs> that says it all because i think he he thought hey i'm i'm a good teammate when max is on pace i understand he's the defending world champion when he has better pace than me or if we have similar pace they're probably going to favor him but i thought he looked he probably looked at this situation and said i have better pace i have fresher tires they're going to favor me and when they didn't yeah. i think that was probably an eye-opener to him like you are the number two driver you're there to support Max, defend for Max, do what you got to yeah. do for Max. But this you is know, Max's team. This yeah. is Max's team, and, and uh, that is, yeah, that kind of, and it is what it is. I don't know. Yeah, you I know, guess like, it is. It is what it is. And it, to be fair, like Sergio was almost not going to have a ride in Formula One until Red mm-hmm. Bull offered him a job, and Red Bull offered yeah. him this job to be the number two driver, be a be a mature veteran, work for Max. You know, and and, yeah. and to be fair, he did that last season, and they won a you know they won the drivers' championship. So yeah, uh, and you know. and I guess at the end of the day, the way the race finished, you know, Max, mm-hmm. you know, finished on top. So Max won, Sergio it, second. Mm-hmm. It did kind of pan out the way that maybe the team was aiming for. 
Um, right. This was the best result the team could have hoped for. You had a DNF yeah. from Charles, so he got no points. Uh, Carlos didn't get a podium. Uh, and the Red Bulls finished one too. Like that's yeah, that's a dream weekend for them. Yeah. Um, so but yeah, it's it, tough. I, I I really like Sergio. I mean, he's one of my mm-hmm. favorite drivers, and I think it's his maturity and mm-hmm. you know, kind of recognizing his role. And uh, but I agree with you. It's it's kind of like throw a guy a bone once yeah. in a while. It's got to be know, tough the other, to swallow. The other piece of this, and I I guess I was I wasn't paying like exquisite attention to how this evolved but Mm -hmm. you know perhaps in the garage obviously like there were there were some kind of crazy tire strategies going on like yeah you know sergio came in and they're like i I swear to god they were like he's gonna do this in a one stop and it's Mm -hmm. like um there's like 40 laps 40 laps laps going on to another set of mediums like no no he's not yeah and and then Max comes in and puts on like softs in the middle of the race is like, okay, yeah. basically this is a two to a three stop race at this point. Right. And so maybe they were kind of war, you know, war gaming in the, in the pit and kind yeah. of figured out like, no, this is the strategy we need. Right. And you are to some extent the pawn that's going to make that happen. Right. And so, you know, maybe Sergio didn't have, all of the maybe you know the entirety of the situation because maybe had they let him through that would have changed tire strategy and there would have been a different outcome at the end i i don't really know but Mm -hmm. um, i think that's one of the things as a the the drivers who are you know have great race craft and understand the strategy can kind of instantaneously understand like what's happening and how right. this is going to play out. And mm-hmm. you hear them come on sometimes and be like, why don't you just leave me out? And they're like, yeah, actually, that's a good idea. We're just going to leave you mm-hmm. out, you know, because right. they, they kind of understand. But other times they'll get on the radio and they're like, why the hell didn't you box me last lap? And they're like, no, there's there's a reason. There's, there's a reason. reason. They're like, well, I don't believe it. Can't be. Yeah. Can't be true. And then sometimes it turns out it, it, it was true. Right. <laughs> there, yeah. there was yeah. strategy at play here. You just didn't yeah. have all the cards in front of you right yeah you didn't have all the information we have about what's going on yeah Yeah. no i the other thing that that had a a part to play in in how this race played out was um for both george russell and lewis hamilton despite the you know we talked about the upgrades to the car yeah there were improvements they did have a cooling issue i'm not sure what caused it but at one point in the race george oh go ahead that that track is hot yeah, I mean, it's yeah. like it always seems to be super toasty there when they're so, yeah. you know, not completely shocking. But yeah, I don't know exactly what it was yeah. either. But <clears throat> but typically when you're in clean air, there's no one in front of you. You're yeah. getting adequate cooling to your radiators and that's not an issue. So but at one point, George, George, when he was in the lead, he got a he, he came over the radio and said, why do yeah. I have a cool car warning light going off? Uh, there's no one in front of me because if there's yeah. a car in front of you blocking airflow to the radiators, if you're that close to them, then your car can start to overheat. And the engineer came back on and said, those uh, are real. Those, that's a real warning. Like, they, you know, <laughs> you have to, like, oh. have to baby, baby the car. You know, and isn't that, isn't it fascinating from the standpoint of, you know, in the era before this, uh, you know, you know, kind of new redesigned car. 
right. the, the Mercedes were, were really designed to get out into clean air where they right. could breathe and they were they gone. Struggled. Yeah, they struggled if they were struggled behind. So mm-hmm. it's interesting to see that kind of flipped a little where yeah. now that they're, you know, get out in clean air and now they're seeing some of these like cooling. Yeah. I, my assumption is it's like maybe related to all the changes they made and being yeah. at a hot track. But it yeah. will be interesting to see if that continues to be an issue for them. I, I just instinctively doubt it will like i think they'll yeah. get that sorted but right. um didn't the same i thought kind of the same thing happened to lewis at the end yeah so the same um, thing happened to lewis at the end when he was uh he was actually in front of carlos mm-hmm. uh, at one point but then he was having to kind of he couldn't push the car as hard as he wanted to because of the cooling issues so carlos ended up passing him fairly uneventfully with a few laps yeah. to go and and that's intriguing, right? Because it's two different cars, yeah, that ended and that, up in the same problem. So yeah, I don't know what right. that means. Was that something to do with the upgrades it's, they did, or or what? Yeah, there, you would think it's probably like you say. It might be. It may be a combination of all the things. You changed a lot of elements at once, and it's at a at a pretty hot track. But yeah. you know, ultimately, you look at it and say a Mercedes three third and fifth could have been a third and fourth. That's actually a hell of a result for a team that was looking god awful in the first race or two of the <laughs> I <know. laughs> Um so I think Mercedes is coming back, you know, once once we get they're gonna continue to improve that car. And yeah. the question is, have Red Bull gotten a large enough lead that mm-hmm. you know they're gonna be tough to catch, let alone you know, I mean Ferrari obviously are in the mix as well, but yeah. You know, looking at that historic battle between Red Bull and Mercedes, you wonder if Mercedes has enough time and enough yeah. races to get back into the lead. They probably do, but um, I it's gonna be tough. I, I haven't I haven't really mi- I haven't missed them <laughs> being on the podium. <laughs> I, I, I do I not really so much missed. and I really like Lewis Hamilton as a person, but Me as too. far as like I wanna see George on the podiums. Like I wanna hit see him yeah. winning races because I think he's He's someone that, in my eyes, has like paid his dues. He was at Williams, you know, for for a few years, like putting in his time, and now he's he's, he's good. You know, he's good. Yeah, he's a phenomenal racer, and and it showed today. Like his move, you know, his defense against Max was totally legit. Nothing uh, sketchy. Just you know, really good racing. You know, and it's some something I remember just commenting during the race to you was, you know, look at that. I know like a lot, a lot of people and and to some extent myself included got frustrated with Max last season with all the shenanigans with Lewis. Yeah. Yeah. With Lewis. But when you look at him competing with, like you said, some of the guys that he's, you know, kind of grown up with Mm -hmm. there's, it doesn't trigger him. It seems like in the same extent. And part of that, I think, is because we just realized that the cars and everyone are just a lot more competitive this year, Mm -hmm. as opposed to if this guy gets by me, it's I can't catch him. And there's and there's no hope. And so maybe maybe that difference. But you know, I mean, there were plenty of times where I was, you know, like last season, you'd you'd have totally seen him lunge down into that corner. Yeah. you know, on the straight, you know, and it, it you could be that, that he's maturing and becoming more patient driver. I think a big part of it, though, is like the fact that not that these guys aren't massively competitive on the track. Of course, they're going to be super competitive, 
but you know, Max, George, Esteban, uh, um, Alex Albon, Lando Norris, they're all buddies off the track. I mean, yeah. you can look on Instagram on like, you know, weekends where there's not a race and they're like going on vacations together. Like they're, friends. yeah, yeah. So, Max fly, flies them around in his jet. Yeah. So like they, <laughs> they know each other's families They're you know, yeah. so like they're going to compete hard, <laughs> but I, I firmly believe that like, they're also not, they're going to, there's going to be a different level of respect and yeah. not wanting to get into it with somebody when yeah. you have that relationship versus like Max, you could tell last year just did not like Lewis. Yeah. You know, it's like, that's what it was. Yeah. And Oil was, and water. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Did not jive well. <laughs> yeah. So it was ultimately, it was a really fascinating race. It was cool seeing that Mercedes is back in the mix. Unfortunate for Charles um, and Ferrari, you know, it looked like he was about, he was walking away with the race when his engine yeah. failed. We're, you know, he has a chance. <laughs> Hopefully the, the Charles Leclerc crashing in Monaco meme doesn't persist because oh, Monaco continues yeah. next weekend. Um, <laughs> oh, I, I will yeah, admit, so at fun. the Monaco historic race, he was driving. Um, I did see that. Yeah, he was driving Nicky Lauda's Ferrari oh, 312, brutal. I think it was, Formula One car, and yeah. and crashed it because the brakes oh failed God. or something. Oh, yeah, yeah. Not his he fault, cra- but man. No, God, but he crashes that, every time he's on the Monaco. That's what I mean. That, that starts to rattle you after a while. Like, yeah. For those that may not know... The the meme is not only does he always crash the Monaco GP, it's even worse because he's from Monaco. Yeah, exactly. Uh, he's a Monaco driver. <laughs> he, he knows these streets. Yeah, he like that's yeah he drives around those streets when he's at home. So, um, uh, so great race. I look forward to the Monaco GP uh, next weekend. Um, the you know Monaco is always it it is a crown jewel in the sense that it is a hell of a show. Yeah. The race usually is pretty yeah. boring. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> exactly. It's, it's not a. It's not like a wide open passing track, right? Know? It's really you're kind of qualifying is the most important. Yeah, <laughs> sets you up. Yeah, and then you basically just watch to see if somebody touches a wall. Yeah, exactly. You know, damages their tires, <laughs> or is there like, or is there a mechanical issue? Like we saw, yeah. you know, Charles. Oh, like, I think was like, it last year? Charles had an engine oh, failure. He had a crash in qualifying. They, they, couldn't, they couldn't get the wheel off. The, the oh. lug nut off. Yeah. Yeah. You just, there are wild cards <laughs> like that, but by and large, like it's fairly processional. Typically, yeah. So we'll see if that continues. Hopefully not. Yeah. Um, we did want to talk one non F1 thing this week. So this week, BMW. So BMW is in the midst of the 50th anniversary of the M kind of brand, basically. Uh, and so they're kind of rolling out some special stuff. And one of them uh, was unveiled this week and it's the BMW M4 CSL. And for anyone that's a BMW fan, that's a car enthusiast, CSL has a very special place in, in the the pantheon of of BMW cars. So the last one Mm -hmm. was the M3 E46 M3 CSL. The E46 M3, I think a lot of people consider one of the best M3s ever made, maybe just behind the E30, the original. But uh, so the E46 M3 CSL is kind of this unicorn car. They didn't make very many of them. So this is special. And uh, it's kind of a very hardcore track 
Yeah, exactly. Car. So it's 240 pounds lighter than the standard M4. Um, it's up on horsepower, uh, about 40, 40 horsepower over the normal M4 comp. And it's got, it's, uh, got some really cool interior bits that it's got these really sick looking carbon fiber bucket seats. It's mm-hmm. got kind of bespoke to wheels that are unique to the CSL. It's got special kind of red trim pieces and red on the, the BMW roundel logo to denote that it's a CSL. Uh, and probably most importantly for our discussion is it's a very limited car. It's limited to a thousand yeah. units worldwide. Worldwide, uh, yeah. Which to give a you know my RS considered <clears throat> a pretty rare car, but they're like sixteen hundred that were sent to the U.S. alone. I think there's like twenty six hundred or something like that worldwide. Um, mm-hmm. So so this is even rarer than that. Um, yeah, you're unlikely to see too many of these around. Um, but the reason, so this is cool in and of itself, and certainly we're talking about why it's extra interesting <clears throat> is something you heard from our local BMW dealer. Yeah, so I've bought cars there for many years, probably dating back to, to high school. And so the the sales manager I know very well, um, <clears throat> and we, we kind of text off and on of just about interesting cars coming out and, you know, stuff that they get. You know, like they had, uh, what was that? The M5 competition. M5 sport. CS, yeah. Yeah, that came in. And so it's or like the they had a uh, RS6 Avant they, mm-hmm. that they spec'd out. And so, you know, he'll kind of just send a picture out. <laughs> just, mm-hmm. Yeah. Just to just to, me, he's I like, he's, I don't know. He's your drug dealer, ultimately. <laughs> yeah, basically. It's yeah. like, I got that new good yeah. shit in. You interested? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so they, uh, you know, they announced this. And then the next day, he sent me a link, you know, to the Evo article. And mm-hmm. he's like, um, <clears throat> You know, just just to bait me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I was like, "You gonna get one of those?" Mm-hmm. And he's, you know, I don't know that I don't know that they know for sure. Obviously, yeah. there's not a ton of these coming out, but maybe right. there's a a reasonable chance they might get one. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, "If you if uh, if we get one and you want it, it's yours." And I was like, oh, don't say those <laughs> kind of things to me, man. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, yeah. And uh, so then Alex and I kind of proceeded throughout the week to talk about it, mm-hmm. kind of, you know, pros and cons of it. And, right, you know, from a, <clears throat> you know, from the standpoint of the car itself, it's obviously very impressive set, a uh, very respectable Nuremberg ring time. And mm-hmm. um, it's very aggressive looking. I think it looks super cool. It's, yeah. You know, a little bit, I, I think if if you told me in high school, my myself at that age, like, you could have that car, I'd be like, oh, you, if you don't get that car, there's something wrong with you. Yeah, You've yeah totally future Tucker, up. how could you do you, this to us? You've screwed up in life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I, I'm kind of like, it's almost a little bit too much for me, you know, there's no back seats, it's mm-hmm. so track-oriented that... It's, it's probably going to very break stiff. loose one of my fillings just driving right. around town. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and then, you know, fundamentally, um, <clears throat> I, I don't have a, at least a super close by track to take it. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, nor even really like a close by drag strip. And so one mm-hmm. of the things I've kind of thought about in my mind is just 
for driving enjoyment purposes, this thing is kind of beyond the pale. It's like almost like mm-hmm. a Tycon. It's almost I can't even access really most of the car the just on right. on back roads. And I've we're reflecting on that a lot over the past couple of years as I've owned that and kind of what mm-hmm. would be my you know car that I would like next. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've been thinking a lot about like maybe an M3 as a manual. Mm-hmm. Just as cars and electrics get so powerful that you can't really kind of enjoy their full extent on mm-hmm. back roads publicly mm-hmm. in at least a reasonably safe manner. Right. And, and so I think that, you know, while this car is super interesting from a performance perspective, I, I, for for my interests, like in the near term, I don't know that it's like at least a great fit. Yeah. And then you kind of, okay, so you then set that aside and look at it and say, well, it's really, really rare. And right. perhaps this thing, <clears throat> it, you know, it definitely fits the bill of like the black wings, kind of the last gasp. Like we're going, we're going right. all out here on these, you know, uh, pure ice engine cars before we probably hybridize all of them to some extent. Right. And so as a, as a kind of a, a stake in the ground, for mm-hmm. like saying this is the pinnacle of ice right. for us. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there's an argument to be made that from a kind of a collector's standpoint, this this could potentially be worth maybe more than it's worth now at some point down yeah. the road. Yeah. But I don't I don't know how long that's gonna take. I don't know kind of like we talked about last week, what was it? Was it Cobb um performance? Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Um you know like what are the implications for these cars in 20 years, you know, mm-hmm. depending on how serious and freaked out people get about, you know, CO2 emissions and stuff. Right. So it, it's a little bit of a gamble. I mean, I, I also think if it was <clears throat> kind of a, not that this would make any sense to build this, but like a standalone special kind of model. Right. Um, maybe like like a z8 or something just like something yeah. very quite unique on right. its own platform and mm-hmm. you're going to ask 140 grand for it maybe it would make it a little bit more appetizing but yeah. it's like wow i think this is a bmw mis- 4 series you know and i think uh, a big mis- mistake they made though was like not they did the same thing they did with competition versions of the m3 and m4 and said this is an automatic mm-hmm. only that's you know, and, and that's kind of what I've said to you. I mean, my interest for kind of a dying gasp internal combustion vehicle, like a modern day sports car is 100% a manual. Right. Uh, because I think the automatic experience in some ways is done better with electrics. Mm-hmm. And as they shave weight over time, they okay. they will probably become even, you know, more yeah. better at, at those type of performance metrics. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so... This thing though is like powerful enough that maybe maybe it didn't make sense to offer in a manual. I mean, that's kind of what yeah. I asked. I I wonder if they went with the same mentality that that Porsche does with their RS cars and said this is a track, this is supposed yeah. to be a track car, track oriented car. That's probably true. So we want it to be as fast as it can possibly be around a track which is via a, a dual clutch or an automatic transmission in this case an automatic that's transmission. That's true. Um, That's fair, yeah. <clears throat> I, but I, I think it, it's interesting in that if you're a BMW collector, 
you 100% want this in your collection. But yeah. from uh, from the standpoint of, like, for your use case of what this car would be, you what you don't have in your garage right now is a high-performance back-road driver-engaging car. The Taycan is phenomenal at what mm-hmm. it does, but it's not necessarily that Sunday morning back-road aging driving car. So that's what you want. That's why you were looking at the BMW, the, the M3 manual, because it fits that bill for you. Right. And this, this almost fits that bill, but then it's an yeah. automatic. You know, and if, and if we were at like a different point in time, I guess if this thing was coming out and I knew the future, you could mm-hmm. say, oh, hell, just buy the thing and flip it. In, yeah. You know, two years and you'll probably make, you know, who, who knows how much money. Right. You know, maybe yeah. at least you're not really anything out of pocket or something right. like that. And then just enjoy the experience. But, mm-hmm. you know, times are just a little, well, they're always seem to be a little and- wily, but. And it's tricky. Know, like, does this end up like true. A, does this end up like a Porsche <clears throat> GD car where it's worth more than you paid for it, like almost immediately? Or and there's unfortunately precedent for BMW from this. Does it end up three like the uh, E92 M3 GTS that was just yeah. a, a sat on dealer lots and and everyone thought it was overpriced and no one bought one because uh, yeah. they are asking a lot. It's 140 grand. Yes, it's very exclusive, etc. But at the end of the day, it's 140 grand for like a slightly more powerful M4 with an appearance package. Basically, yeah, you know? basically, and that's the part that it is rare. But you know, obviously, that rarity in certain brands translates to dollars. Yeah, I think uh, if it was a year ago, Porsche, if this know. was released a year ago, my advice to you would have been like, just buy it. You're you're gonna be able to turn around yeah. and and you're and gonna be able to put it you on can, cars you can, and goods. Yeah, you'll be able to flip it for sixty grand over what you paid for yeah. it. But now with interest rates going up, the market seemingly starting to cool off. Um, maybe a little, a little maybe bit. a little bit less funny money in the world. Yeah, look, the Bitcoin. You, you know, your Bitcoin bros <laughs> aren't out buying everything. Um, maybe yeah. it makes a little less sense. Yeah. Well, I thought see, it was really I, interesting. I you you've cracked the code. You've gotten on the list for the yeah, exclusive. Yeah, no, stuff. I, <laughs> yeah, I told I told him like, you know, let me know if you get one. Yeah. Might have keep, a might have I mean, a hard decision to make at that point. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah. You're gonna have a lot of conversations to be had with the wife. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, maybe she won't notice. White <laughs> yeah. gray or pretty close in color. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> It it makes a sound when you start it up. That's the main difference. <laughs> yeah, that's not quiet at all. <laughs> uh, well, yeah. I thought it was such a. It's a really interesting. You know, it, it's it's cool to even be offered something like that. It's really a, yeah. a cool, unique car, and it, it'll be interesting to see kind of what they go for. Because I would expect that there's eventually going to be an M3 CS. You know, I I agree. I think you. I think what we need to do is at least reflect back on this. Mm-hmm. Maybe it's a year. Maybe when it finally starts see to what come these out, are going for on see what they're going a trailer in a year <laughs> and, and see if I just want to just kill myself. <laughs> <laughs> it's like it's like you could have bought Apple stock in nineteen ninety. Yeah, yeah. You know? <laughs> oh, I should have bought one of those. Look at what that one sold for. <laughs> easy money, easy money. Oh, I heard. So I heard. Um, I went to a, a get together for um the place here in town that did my 
uh, oh yeah 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 my PPF and, and that's right. code on the on the RS had a, mm-hmm. a customer appreciation event and I was talking to the owner of the the detail place and and he said a buddy of his down in Florida got a, uh, got an allocation for a GT4 RS oh. and he decided to sell we're not talking about the car he decided to yeah. sell the allocation for the car oh my gosh guess what? what he was asking for just the allocation um maybe like oh god i don't know 25 grand Hundred and forty thousand. Oh my god! For just an allocation uh, to no, then pay a no. hundred and sixty grand for the car. No, see. I mean, that's where we're at. Like nine nine two GT three Touring is going for two eighty to three hundred. Like it's still, yeah. it's still. We're still not quite there in some sectors of the market for sure. So I'm curious to see yeah. how you know the M three collector maybe is not on the same level as like a Ferrari collector. I agree with that. Yeah, where that goes, but that's kind of what I wonder too. Yeah. It's, it's a a little bit of a different pecking market. Yeah. Yeah. So anyways, it'll be interesting to see. We'll, we'll, we'll revisit this and see if you have egg on your face, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Um, Something it gave you something to think about. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of fun to think about. I yeah, I kept looking at it, kept reading about it, and it's like mm-hmm. maybe maybe I should just do it. You know, yeah. worst case scenario, just buy it, enjoy I, it for you know a year, mm-hmm. year and a half, and then look at the market and say, yeah, I've here's had my what, fun with this. Here's <clears> what I think, man. I think if it was an M3 with four doors and it had the back seats. You would have forgiven the fact that it didn't have an uh, that it didn't have a manual, and you would have been trying to figure out a way yeah. to make it work. I bet yeah. that's what would have happened. <laughs> <That's very, laughs> once you possible. once you're like I once you didn't have a place to put your daughter, <laughs> and once you know, and once it it uh, didn't have you know, anytime anyone wants to get in, it's it's yeah. essentially a two two door two seat sports car. You're like, yeah, this it's gonna. Sense. Beat the living crap out of them on our roads, right? Yeah, you'll be like, that's, that's, that's not a nice car at all. <laughs> uh, all right, well, I think that's going to do it for this week. We'll be back next week with um, our breakdown of the Monaco GP. Um, it might be a heavily, uh, you know, heavily favoring qualifying result discussion, <laughs> yeah, depending on how, yeah. how the it'll race be interesting, goes. right? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, this is the then- first time it's these cars. Yeah, uh, I mean, if, Monaco, they, if they so. truly can follow more efficiently, we'll see if there's maybe a bit more yeah. passing than normal. So, you know, regardless, Monaco is always a fun fun to watch because it is a tight track through the streets of a, a small city. So it's yeah, it, it'll be fun. But uh, until then, be sure to follow us on Instagram at the Blow Off Valve Podcast. Be sure to like and and subscribe to us um, on on uh, and rate us on iTunes. And uh, we'll see y'all next week.